The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded October 18th, 2019. Enjoy! Welcome to the November edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Wow, November. Where did 2019 go? Halloween's done, Christmas is barreling in, and we continue to see a million tax issues. Holy smokes. You know, the other thing, too, is we're right in the middle of our seminar tour across the country, so we're seeing so many different things as well. Absolutely. Well, anyways, let's just jump right into the notes, Katie. Yeah, let's talk about this rumor that is, uh, you know, crossing our desk, professional accountant's desk. Did you hear that campgrounds can no longer claim the small business deduction? No, 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 no. That's a rumor, and rumors usually aren't true, and that's the case here. But might have a basis in some truth. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about, this Tax Court of Canada decision that got a lot of practitioners worried. In this case, we had an RV park whose uh, primary business really was to service seasonal renters and extended seasonal renters. So people would come, bring their RV RV whatever things that they slept in into the park. They would park it there, then they'd stay there for five months or ten months, and the rest of the year they'd just leave those RV things there uh, unoccupied. And so the question we asked is, are we carrying on a specified investment business as assessed by the CRA, ineligible for the small business deduction? Or are we carrying on an active business? And the court actually agreed with the CRA and they said, look it, what are you guys doing? You are providing a spot for these RVs to park themselves for very long periods of time. The duration of your occupancy quite clearly indicates that the principal purpose of your business was to derive income from property. No small business deduction allowed. The taxpayer, however, however, countered that, you know, we're providing a lot of other services and we think those additional services like garbage pickup, office availability, on-call services, you know, that is sufficient to tip us from earning rental income to carrying on an active business. The court, however, did not accept that and found that those services are just not quite enough. So at the end of the day, while this taxpayer lost the ability to claim the small business deduction, at least in the tax court, I believe it's being appealed to the Federal Court of Appeal, not all tax or campgrounds, perhaps, pardon me, are going to be in that exact same situation. You've got to really look at the facts of what's going on with those particular businesses. Kate, I find a lot of people who don't practice in tax get really frustrated with those of us who do saying, it depends on all the facts and circumstances. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The judge looked at this and said, let's look at all the facts and circumstances. <laughs> and the two he focused in on, I don't think services was that big a surprise. We've always believed that. But he really focused yeah. in on the whether you were renting long-term periods or just a day or a week, which seems really similar to the difference between an apartment building where you're renting to long-term tenants and a hotel where you got people mm -hmm. who only stay for a few days. Uh, Joe, what about our uh, shareholder employees? They've had some issues over the last couple of years. Sure, and you know what, just to close that last point, if it is considered CIBI specified investment business income, you're looking at about a 50% tax mm -hmm. rate compared to maybe your small business rate of 10, 12, 11%, depending on where you live. Yeah, yeah. Now let's go a little further. We're talking about uh, shareholder employees. So you have a company, you're also an employee. You travel, you spend amounts personally to deduct against your employment income. CRA in 2017 basically said, you're not gonna be able to deduct that at all. 
Why? Well, because you weren't truly required to expend it as part of your employment contract. You, as the employer, can't require yourself to do something. You get nothing. Well, CRA <laughs> reversed their position somewhat. They basically said, we're not going to assess everybody uh, in that way. We're going to reverse this. Um, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to think about our technical position. Once we let you know what that is, then we're going to start assessing people. So essentially, they said the problem was with their process for assessing people, not their technical position. We now have the information as to what their technical position is. And it is basically, as long as the amounts that you expend in the course of your employment are reasonable compared to other people who are not uh, non-arm's length, uh, who are arm's length, who are in the same industry, same types of business, as long as it's similar to those ones and you can support it, then yes, we will allow those deductions. Mm -hmm. so and it'll show clarity, us that you're yeah. incurring the same expenses that other employees in the same business are incurring, and you're not playing games to move expenses between entities. Uh, I think that's a reasonable yeah. end point to this particular saga. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the saga that hasn't ended yet and maybe never will, the inevitable employee versus independent contractor. Right. And uh, often the starting point for CRA review is a ruling. Is this person an employee or an independent contractor? Maybe it comes up because they went to try and collect employment insurance. What we're seeing more and more is it comes up because even if they thought they were self-employed, they didn't file their return with a business schedule, they put it on line 104 or line 130 and CRA wonders, is that some employer not following the rules, not issuing T4s, not doing withholdings? But one issue that's starting to come to the forefront is what happens after? My employee gets a ruling, CRA says, they are an employee, they're not an independent contractor. And I look and I go, you know what? I still think they're an independent contractor. I think we're right, but it's not enough to fight over right. one employee, not enough dollars at stake. Two weeks later, I get a letter saying, you're getting a payroll audit. All hundred of your employees are getting looked at. And we're gonna go probably beyond whether they're employees or independent contractors. We're gonna look at the whole workforce. We're gonna look at all your benefits. Maybe we're even gonna look at GST and HST because it is the same group that handles that area. And CRA was asked, is this automatic? Does it automatically go to payroll audit just because we got a ruling? And CRA said, no, we don't send every one of these to payroll audit, only the ones where our determination differs from what you were doing and it looks like you may not be properly withholding and filing T4s for workers that should be employees. So, great, as long as they agreed with me, I'm probably not getting a payroll audit. If they didn't, I can probably look forward to one. A little bit chill in the air on getting those rulings now, hey? Yeah. Holy well, smokes. Well, why don't we move on to charities for just a yeah, moment? Yeah, for those of you who are involved with charitable organizations, note that as of this summer, there was a whole bunch of new electronic services that became available for charities online through CRA's My Business Account. For example, you can look at your program details, account details. You can also file a charity return on there. And also, you can, if you're not yet registered as a charitable organization, you can do so online. And that sounds pretty great, right? And I think for some charities, it is a fantastic thing. However, it is important to note that the old ability to register to be a registered charity by filling out a little piece of paper and sending it into the CRA is 
is no longer available. So if you are an organization that is looking to become registered as a charity, you now need to number one, get a business number, number two, get access to my business account, and then number three, while on my business account, apply for that registration. All right. Uh, moving on to something completely different. We're talking about tax on split, split income and the excluded business exception. So think about this. You have uh, two spouses. Spouse one is a 90% owner heavily involved in the business. Spouse two is a 10% owner, does very little. As dividends go up to the uninvolved person, you're going to be taxed at the top rate unless you can meet a certain exception. One exception is if that person works at least 20 hours a week on average throughout the year for that business. Uh, so the question that was put to CRA is, if I work 20.1 hours, so I'm just over it, and let's say the value of all the services I provided was $18,000, can I pay them, truly pay them, a big dividend, $150,000, are you sure? And CRA's answer was, yes, you meet that test, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. You are not paying top rate tax on that income. Well, we were told it was a bright line test. CRA's taken that seriously. Joe, let's look south of the border for sure. a minute. We've heard a lot over the years about accidental Americans. They're citizens. They didn't know it. They have to file returns. They didn't know that. The IRS has opened up for a temporary undefined period. They haven't told us how long. A new approach for individuals who didn't know, never filed as U.S. persons, don't have a ton of assets or a super high income, that you're relinquishing your U.S. citizenship and you did that on or after March 18, 2010. You look quite a ways back. We will let you file your return for the year you relinquish citizenship and the five previous years, catch up all those years, and as long as your tax is payable for those six years in total is no more than $25,000, you're done. Not only are we going to walk away without penalties and not make you deal with a whole bunch of other issues, we won't even collect the under 25000 bucks that's owing. So pretty good deal for those accidental Americans. Worth having a look if you're in that situation. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. That's V-I-D-E-O-T-A-X.com. The preceding information is for general, informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2019. All rights reserved.